Welcome to the AMSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Louise Webb, and I'm today's host. We're going to be chatting with Noah and his mom, Nikki. Noah is a hidden helper, and his mom, Nikki, is a hidden hero. And if our listeners are not familiar with those terms, we're going to get into those as we get deeper into our podcast. So we are here today to talk about how Noah and his mom work together with the rest of their family to care for Noah's dad, who's a Marine Corps combat wounded veteran. So thanks again for being here today, Noah and Nikki, and for joining me on our MSEC podcast. And I would like to go ahead and start with Noah. So Noah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes, I'm Noah. I'm 19. I'm one of five. I'm the oldest son and the oldest one living at home. I have an older sister who doesn't live at home anymore. I have a younger sister and two younger brothers who are twins. I am currently going to the local college. I'm in my second year studying film, specifically uh, cinematography. Awesome. So, yes, you do have a large family. I will say that I come from a large family as well, and I love it. It's so much fun to have so many kids in the family and you're the oldest one at home. I was part of the bottom. So I, I got the advantage of being your younger brothers <laughs> and there are advantages. I will say. So you just mentioned that you're in community college. You're in your second year and you're studying film and cinematography. So what made you want to study that in college? I guess I've always had a love for movies. I think that's very common with my generation. Growing up, seeing like uh, my dad's injuries and seeing how that affects him in his day to day and how that affects me, I started to use like movies to escape, I guess, or to calm myself when I started to freak out. And when I was in high school, pretty much when I got out of the house, all I did was hang out with my friends and go to the movies. And so I've always just had a, a special place in my heart for movies and watching movies and learning about movies and how they're made. I love that. I love how you found a place that you can go to help decompress or relax and it sounds like you know you found that out at a pretty young age so that's awesome some of us take our whole adult lives to figure out what can help us decompress and now you're taking that and you're turning it hopefully into a career someday too thank you for sharing that i appreciate it in our earlier conversation you mentioned that your dad suffers from seizures so that has to be pretty hard to see what other ways do you help in your family with your siblings with your dad anything you want to to share with our listeners about how you help around the house? Yes. When it comes to my dad, I try to be there for him. I guess emotionally, I try to like check up on him and ask him if he's okay every time I see him every day. When he's having a seizure or once he's had a seizure and he has to go lay down, I will usually pick up all the chores or the tasks that he had to do for the day like feeding all the pets that we have at, here at home. I also know how to administer the rescue medication in case he does have a seizure. And when it comes to my siblings, I occasionally have to take them to school and pick them up from school. 
sometimes I'll have to fix them dinner. I take out the trash occasionally. I do the dishes occasionally. That's a lot. And I love that you're able to help your dad if you need it and that you check on him when you come in and out of the house. It's super sweet. And I'm sure he appreciates that too. And your mom probably does too, because then that's another set of eyes helping around the house. So, and I love that you tab chores that you do. And what's your favorite dinner to cook? Well, the most common one would probably be like a craft mac and cheese. There you go. <laughs> easiest and everyone loves it. I'll be right over. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Noah, for sharing. All right, I'm going to switch to your mom for a little bit. So Nikki, being a mom of five kids, I can only imagine how busy uh, your life is. So can you tell our listeners a bit about your journey to where you are today? Sure. I've been doing this a really long time probably over a decade now. And when I started, I didn't really realize what I was doing for John was caregiving. I was really the wife and I was the mom of, you know, little ones and it was just kind of um, a really big, huge aspect of our life post-military and what we were experiencing and being thrown into system like the VA and trying to navigate that on our own. And I just, really kind of looked at it as this is just life, you know, for us. And I didn't really realize that I was a caregiver probably until I started meeting other spouses typically that were caring for their significant other. And, um, and once I think the VA caregiver program came around, I thought, gosh, am I included in that group? Is am I one of those, you know? And because I think when you're young, especially when you're in your twenties, you tend to think caregiving is something that happens in convalescent homes or it happens at an older age in life, um, a different phase in life. And I mentioned this started when we were in our 20s and we were a young family. Unfortunately, John continued to progress in the issues that he dealt with and subsequently started developing seizures due to the traumatic brain injury. Um, and those seizures went misdiagnosed for probably 18 months. Sadly, the doctors were connecting these spells that he was having to PTSD and they were um, misdiagnosed as panic with disassociation. And I just knew in my gut that that's not what it was. And I just read everything that I could. I documented everything. And I did all this with really young kids. My oldest at the time was 13. We had twins under the age of one at the time. And so, yeah, things were really chaotic to say the least, but I knew something was terribly wrong. Something was happening and it wasn't being addressed the way that it needed to be. Um, and so I did, I documented everything and about 18 months later through a little bit of pushing and after John had his first generalized tonic clonic grand mal seizure, did we get the right testing done to then get a diagnosis of epileptic seizures. So with that, there was some relief there, you know, cause you're like, something's wrong. And then finally you get that. The diagnosis that you knew that something was more than what they were initially saying. Sadly, with the lack of treatment, John 
seizures progressed. And so they became resistant to medication. So medication at that time was not helping. And the next step, the eventual next step um, would be different forms of therapy being an implanted device or brain resection surgery. And the team at the time, they decided to move forward with brain resection surgery. Um, it was a really super long process going through that. All the, the testing and the workup for that took well over a year. We really thought that this would give a sense of relief. This would give, if it didn't take the seizures away completely, that maybe it would eliminate some of them. So we were very, very hopeful. And, you know, that's what we were told would happen. And if that didn't happen, then the seizures would remain the same and they would either move forward to do another surgery or another form of therapy. Unfortunately, we went through with that brain surgery uh, three years ago and there was a severe adverse outcome to that. And John, seizures then became much worse. They removed his left temporal lobe. They removed the hippocampus and amygdala. And he came out of the surgery seizing. He is now severely cognitively impaired. It did not go the way that anyone expected it to go. And even three years later, we're still finding out new things about the diagnosis in his brain exactly and what's going on. And so now we're with a new team in Los Angeles. So they've been able to help us get to a nice baseline that everyone is able to tolerate a little bit better. So not only has it been a very difficult journey and so many like our family, there's five and a half million military and veteran caregivers in our country. And so there's so many families like ours that are going through this. We hoped at some point that we would come to a place where the calm, the dust would settle, you know, and that hadn't happened for us. And so, as you can imagine, adults, that's a whole lot to take on. And so the kids were right along with us on this journey. Our little guys who are twins, Noah mentioned we have twins and they're now nine and they just kind of always known this seizure life and hospital life. You try so hard as the mom, the adult in the home, to remain calm and stay calm and you know when the ambulance is here and everything's okay and even though inside you're panicked and it's important that you maintain a sense of normalcy even during the chaos i think that that's really been my toughest job this past decade is making sure that there is a sense of normalcy for all of us, not just the kids, but even for John and myself, making sure that they are happy, that there are memories, even through the really tragic, tragic moments that we experience as a family. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I think that's going to be really helpful to our listeners. Maybe you can definitely relate to some people that will be listening and hopefully they'll gain some confidence and your outlook is amazing and your kids help and oh gosh, I'm so happy to hear that. So when we talked earlier in a different conversation, you mentioned about being a dull fellow. Could you talk to us a little bit more about that, what it means and how you got involved? 
Yes, of course. It's probably one of the biggest blessings that have come to our family, you know, during this journey that we've been on. In 2015, I applied to be a Dole Fellow and Senator Elizabeth Dole in 2011-ish uh, was at Walter Reed with Senator Bob Dole um, as he was recovering from not feeling well. Senator Elizabeth Dole noticed that there were families that were there at the hospital and all of the service members and veterans, they were getting all the care and the attention and the focus and the nonprofits and the services that were there were all really focused on the military service member and veteran. And Senator Dole thought to herself, who's caring for the families, the families that have dropped everything to be here, to leave their hometown, to come and be by their loved one's side. It really piqued her curiosity and she commissioned the Rand Corporation to conduct a study, first of its kind, to find out about military and veteran caregivers in our country and who are they and what they look like and how many are out there. And that's where we get the number of five and a half million military and veteran caregivers. And through that discovery, you know, she decided to create a foundation to bring attention to those people who um, are caring for our service members and veterans. And she created the fellowship program. I applied for the class of 2015, 2016. It's a two year fellowship and it's a great way and platform to share our experience, share what it is that a military and veteran caregiver goes through what that community looks like, what's troubling the community. We have the ability to advise the foundation and work directly with local, state, and national lawmakers, share who we are, put a face to what that is, and you know that's how you get things done. So it's been a really, really fantastic way of turning a super tragic situation into a positive. And I always knew, even before my fellowship, I'm like, I can't be the only one. There's no way that we're the only family going through this. And so early on, I, you know, there I am, I'm at the bank, I'm at the grocery store standing in line and I'm like sharing, my husband's a veteran and the signature injury of the swole is a traumatic brain injury and, and all those little nuggets of information that I picked up just doing what we were doing by getting the treatment and care that he needed. I knew that sharing my story, our family's story, could really help somebody else not feel alone because I know what that, that feeling feels like and it's not a good feeling. It's a lot anyway. I mean, just listening to you and all that your family does, it's a, a lot anyway. And I'm so happy to hear that it was a relief to find other people that are living living your life as well and that you can support each other and help each other. And along those lines, you shared with me that both of you went to the White House not too long ago. Let's see, can I get Noah to go ahead and share about your trip to the White House and why you even went? And I'm bringing back those terms I mentioned earlier, hidden helper. So if you can share with our listeners what, what that was about and how you got there. Because of my mom and her relationship to Elizabeth Dole and the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, we were invited to the launch of the 
hidden helpers initiative where they wanted to highlight the children of military and veteran caregivers who don't get as much recognition from the general public as uh, they should for everything they do. So we were invited to the launch in Washington, D.C. in the White House, and we got to walk through the West Wing. It was the Blue Room that we got to stand and wait in. And then I uh, separately got to go and meet Senator Elizabeth Dole and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden before the initiative launched. And then we got to sit there and watch as they unveiled this new initiative that would highlight these children of these families who do so much and don't get the recognition. I love that. How many kids were there, Noah? Do you remember how many were there? And I think I remember you saying they were all different ages. I think there were about five kids or so. And yeah, they were all different ages, uh, ranging in ages. The youngest was, I believe, five years old. And then I was the oldest, being 19 years old. And then the other kids fell within in between those ages. Wow. That is a big range. And I, I mean, you have young boys at home too, so they're basically hidden helpers as well, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't go to DC, but they're also helping at home, like a five-year-old, like you just mentioned. So I'm so excited for you that you got to participate in that. And I'm sure you're probably going to continue to do things for the Elizabeth Dole Foundation as far as their recognition of kids just like you. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to switch back to Nikki. We talked a minute ago, uh, Noah and I did about what he does to kind of decompress. And I would love to know what you do to help decompress or get some respite. And as you said, it's a 24 seven job. So how do you handle that? Well, I think it's always evolving. I think I haven't quite figured it out. And, you know, what I did notice is what used to work for me really wasn't working for me post-surgery. And so I had to, in the last three years, I had to find new ways of getting that relief, that respite for myself. And so I just, whatever has sounded interested in me, I just kind of delved into that. And so um, I have found that art therapy has been a really great outlet for me. I always laugh because it's not great. It's not good. I'm not an artist by any means, and that's okay. It just feels really good. The process of starting it, moving through it, going through it, and then being able to see the finished product. And I've had the opportunity to work alongside someone who's helped guide me through some of that. And it's a really neat way of working through some of the things I have going on and doing that with paint and um, different tools and um, different materials and and that kind of thing. And I've always been big on, on collaging. I've always done that as a really nice way to decompress or spend the morning 
some people call them vision boards. And I wouldn't necessarily say a vision board because you could do that, like what you like would like to manifest and what you would like to see. But a lot of times mine turn out to be dump boards where I'm just like dumping everything, everything that I can't maybe articulate with my words that I'm like, these pictures are calling me or words for magazines or that kind of thing. And I'm able to paste it onto a board and, and really at the end of it, it looks beautiful. No one really knows what it means. And if I feel open enough to share exactly what my intention was and why I place things where I place them, I'll share. But a lot of times I just kind of keep that for myself and um, only I know the meaning for it and to it. And I feel really proud when I look at it afterwards. And so art has been a really neat way for me to decompress as well as um, some writing. I took a couple writing classes and that was really intimidating, but it was still a really great way of reaching in and just making sure I'm okay. So, but it isn't, you know, it's not cookie cutter. I really, I have to, I feel that I have to say this caregivers, you know, we have a lot of people that are speaking to us about respite and how important that is. And we're all aware of that, but it's not cookie cutter. It's not what may work for me may not work for somebody else. And so it's so important to just try what's speaking to you. Like you might just have this nagging feeling of, you know, I really want to try archery and you should do it. You should do it because really experience is what we all thrive on. And that's like really what life is, is just experiencing different things. And so sometimes we feel inspired by new things we try and it may not be our thing, but you know, it, it can be inspiring. I love how you said, well, first off cookie cutter, it's not for everybody, but also how these last three years you changed, you chose a different outlet or something else to do. So I'm also wondering, Noah, if you get your film artistic piece from your mom too, because now you're going into film and cinematography. That takes some art skills, right? So that's fun. You guys have that in common. I love that. Yeah, but I thank you for yeah. It's a sense of humor from me too. There so you go. That's he's the nice comic relief when we There need. you go. That's important. That's important for sure to have that. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing that, Nikki. That means a lot. I just know that our listeners are going to learn from that. So here on our MSEC podcast, we love to hear about how people make connections, how they're able to do what they love and also make a difference. And we call it hashtag live a great story. I can just tell that you guys have an amazing family and you all do so much to help care for your dad and your husband. I mean, it's just amazing to hear all this. So I'll ask Noah, being a hidden helper, it is a big job, a huge job. And you shared that you just joined right in because you're part of a family, because you love your family and you care for each other. Do you have any tips or advice for other kids like you that are helping at home? the hidden helpers, the ones that we may not even know about that the Dole Foundation is trying to spotlight. So do you have any tips or helps for them? Uh, yeah. So there's about five and a half million military and veteran caregivers in the U.S. And just think of how many of those caregivers are children of the veterans themselves how many children of veterans and caregivers aren't included in that. And just that, like, that's such a, a huge amount of 
caregivers that you're not alone and there's other people who are going through what you're going through, maybe not necessarily exactly the same, but there's people who understand and they get it. You just kind of have to find your people, find the people who understand you, whether they experience the same things being, you know, a caregiver or a child of a caregiver, or if they just get it, because sometimes without experiencing it, some people will just understand. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get help. You don't have to do it on your own. There's people who out there who want to help and yeah, about it. That's awesome. I love how you shared you're not alone. There are people out there exactly not. Well, we're not all exactly like each other, but definitely people with similar situations. And also I love from your perspective that you're not afraid to ask for help and that there are people out there that want to help. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's important to just remind kids like you that are in your situation that it's okay to ask for help and get help for yourself because you're busy helping someone else anyway. So it's good to look out for yourself as well and find your people. That was cute. I like that. Find your people. So Nikki, I'd love to hear from you as well. Any tips that you'd like to share with other spouses who may be supporting for or caring for their wounded veteran? You know, I think it's important to remember we're not alone. I feel like it sounds cliche and we hear that a lot, but it's true. And I've always kind of described this community as a spectrum. So maybe what I might do for my husband is maybe not something my friend who's a caregiver as well may do, but we do have that common ground of understanding and having that experience of war and military life and navigating the VA system and those kind of things. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And sometimes it might feel heavy and that's okay. You're going to get over that hump and you're going to have, you know, a moment that you'll be able to breathe. And another thing too, is we're told all the time about burnout and, you know, you don't want to get burned out. So you need to do this and you need to do that. And you know what I've realized doing this a really long time is that burnout is inevitable. We're going to burn out and that's okay. It's okay. I've probably burned out like seven times already. And it's just the way that this goes. And that's why we do the things that we need to do that make us happy. And if that's watching a movie like Noah or getting into a show, binge watching a show, baking and cooking, taking up a new hobby or doing art or going for a walk or having friends over and barbecuing and just laughing and just being with your people and doing your thing and doing our best to enjoy the good moments. Because we all know, especially coming from this community, there's some really hard times that we all are faced with. But remember that we've got friends out there. We've got a lot of people that are fighting for us and really do care. This is the strongest community that I have ever been able to witness. Some of the coolest people I've ever met in my lifetime. And we've all got to stick together. You know, use your voice, be transparent. Don't feel like you can't talk about the stuff that you've got going on because our family dynamics are different maybe from our neighbors. It's okay. It's okay to kind of talk about what's going on and how it feels and that it feels kind of yucky sometimes and that it's tough sometimes. It's all right. That's all right. It's okay to talk about it. 
I love how you said be transparent too, because if you can, I feel like in any situation, if you can be honest about what's happening and transparent about it. And again, like we mentioned, reach out for help when you need it. I love how you shared having friends over barbecuing and the importance of laughing. That, that means a lot for sure. We should uh, hashtag find your people, right? That should be, yeah, it should be Noah and Nikki's new hashtag find your people. I love that. So Noah and Nikki, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today and for sharing with all our listeners about your family's journey through being a hidden helper, Noah, and a hidden hero, Nikki. You have an amazing family. It's been a pleasure to be here with you to learn how together as a family, you all support your combat wounded veteran. So you've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live a great story.